host of Diva Strategies. Hello, this is Robin Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each week I bring you a dynamic guest. Today my guest is author Chad Stone. Chad Stone got divorced after 25 years of marriage and bravely entered the world of modern dating. He embraced his new single life and began to learn anything he could about dating relationships and finding love again. He has a book called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, One Man's Brave Adventure into Dating Again in the 21st Century. I want to welcome Chad, and then I'll give you a little bit more about his background. Hello, Chad. So great to have you on this show today. Hi, Robbie. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Well, let me tell you, tell the, our listeners that you've interviewed single adults of both sexes to get insights about what works and what doesn't work, what doesn't work when searching for a romantic partner. You researched online dating and you helped other single adults write effective online dating profiles. As part of your research, you attended dating events, including speed dating, evenings, and dating mixers. And your research and personal dating experience, was, which is what became the basis of your humorous memoir, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet. You share your own personal brand of dating and relationship advice, often humorous, on your website at www.middleagedbabemagnet.com and on your blog, uh, middleagedbabemagnet.blogspot.com. You own a successful marketing and public relations company, and you live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. What a great place. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and, uh, and thanks for that, that nice bio. It, it's all true. How about that? Well, that's good. I want to know, <laughs> why did you write Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet? Well, you know, like you said in the introduction, I was, um, I was married for a long time. I was married for 25 years, and... When I became single in my um, in my middle years, I was kind of lost. I didn't know what was going on in the dating world. And so really the book started out as therapy for me because um, I just decided I was going to write down whatever happened to me during my midlife single journey. You know, the good, bad, the funny, the not so funny, and, um, and just keep track of, you know, what I was going through. It was basically a journal for my benefit. And um, I, I wrote down in great detail everything that was going on and what was going on in my head and, and whatnot, um, thinking in the back of my mind, maybe, maybe there's a book here. I don't know, but it could be. And at the very least, at the very least, it's therapy for me and, and I'm enjoying it and I'm, it makes me feel better about my, um, my singlehood. So um, that's really how it all started. Were you always a babe, a babe magnet? <laughs> that is so funny. I've been asked this a lot, and it cracks me up every time because um, I never thought of myself as a babe magnet. I was, I was not. I was just a regular guy. As a matter of fact, you know, in the opening chapters of uh, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, I am basically just a dweeb, a clueless guy who doesn't know the first thing about dating. So, um, yeah, I, I hadn't been on a date in 25 years. The last time I had been on a date was when Ronald Reagan was president, and that puts it in perspective. That's how out of touch I was. 
when I had been single before, not only was there no such thing as online dating, but there was no such thing as the Internet. So I had a lot to learn about modern dating. Right. Where did the big magnet rules come from? Well, one of the first things I did in my new singlehood was um, I sat down and I wrote down on a legal pad all of the things I was looking for in the last love of my life. Because I was, number one, I was very determined that I was not going to remain single for the rest of my life. I, I think being in a relationship and being part of a couple is a wonderful thing. And I had been part of a uh, a couple for basically my whole, mar- you know, my whole um, adult life. So I wanted to find that again. So I listed, you know, all the physical attributes and all the personality traits and even, you know, things like common experiences. I had older kids and I thought, hey, if I find somebody who's got older kids, that would be a nice bonding thing for the both of us. We'd have a common life experience in that way. So I wrote down all the things that I was looking for. And then I looked at the list and I said, oh, baby, I have just written down, I've just described a woman who's completely out of my league. You know, uh, This is the, the perfect babe for me. Um, and I wasn't feeling much like a babe magnet, but I knew that in order to attract that person into my life, I was going to have to up my game, so to speak. You know, I was really have to, you know, get it together and be the best me I could be. Um, and that's when babe magnet rule number one came to me, which is to be a babe magnet, you must believe you are a babe magnet, because you really have to start with, uh, you know, a, a sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that this is going to work out for me. So that's what that's that's what kind of stimulated the book, and that's how the Babe Magnet rules came about. They basically were all a direct result of of my experience on this journey. But it really isn't about being a Babe, babe Magnet, is it? Well, not really, not really. I mean, I guess you could be a Babe Magnet, and that would be your you know your ambition in life and you you don't want to take it any further and 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 you just go out with a series of women you know and and you never really get into a serious relationship but that's never where i was coming from i used the whole babe magnet idea as as a persona as a way for me to succeed at dating um build up my confidence and attract the woman of my dreams and the whole thing about seeing myself as a babe magnet was also a way to kind of protect me from the rejection that a man feels and experiences when he's in the, in the dating world. Because, you know, a lot of the, the dating behaviors are um, start from the man taking the first step. And in order to do that, you know, you're going to have a lot of women who say, uh, no, thank you, or or worse, depending on the situation. And um, so anyway, it was kind of a way to just kind of get me in the mode of being confident enough and um, focused enough to really find the woman of my dreams. So the Babe Magnet title. uh, The other thing about, you know, the the Babe Magnet title um, is it's so tongue-in-cheek. It cracks me up still because I did that to kind of lighten the, the mood and lighten my own mood. And, and realize that, you know, this doesn't have to be all serious, you know. The whole um, 
single phase of my life and the dating phase could be fun. So I kind of set out for it to be fun. So calling myself a, a babe magnet um, was a way to, to remind myself to lighten up and have fun. If you could give men just one piece of advice about dating, what would it be? Well, I tell you, the number one most important thing for a man is to be confident. Uh, women are attracted to confidence. Um, they, they respond that way. And, and you know, if you're in that, date, that dating mode, what I call my babe magnet mode, um, you do have to, like I said, you initiate the contacts and, and you, um, you um, kind of lead the process through. Um, so you don't want to be arrogant and you don't want to be completely full of yourself, but you do want to be very quietly confident and have the confidence it takes to walk up to, to a woman um, and say hello because that's really where most of it starts. It's all about um, having the confidence to start the process. Mm. What's the most important thing that women need to know about men? Well, I mean, women are way more complicated than men are. So I think one of the things women need to realize is that men are simpler than (laughs) you'd think they are. And... One of the other things I discovered relatively soon in, in my second singlehood is men are not naturally hardwired to succeed in many dating situations, you know? Think about what a typical first or second date is. It's, it's sitting down at a restaurant or a Starbucks talking, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that women are really good at. Women are really good at, at talking about what's going on in their lives and, and sharing their feelings. And um, that's the way women relate to each other. You know, you kind of um, share as, as a way to bond with, with your female friends. Men don't do that. So you put the typical man in a typical first or second date situation and you put the woman on the other side of that booth and the woman's got a real advantage there. You know, men would much rather be doing something than sitting there talking. You know, men tend to be about projects and solving problems and getting things done. That's sort of the masculine energy. And, um, you know, give us a flat tire and we can fix it. Give us um, something that needs to be fixed. We'll, we'll do that really well. But sometimes we come across as kind of um, clueless and not very... Um, I don't know, not very friendly in a dating situation. It's because we don't know what we're doing. We're, we're out of our element. So, wow. ladies, if you, can, if you can give us a little bit of a break in those situations, uh, it'll go a long way. Well, what's your favorite babe magnet rule from your book? Um, a lot of them are, are made, you know, designed to be funny, and a lot of them taken out of context don't come across as well as they do when you read them in, in the book, when you read the little story that, that happens beforehand. But some of my favorites that are kind of really easy to, um, to absorb and really easy to um, communicate, like Babe Magnet Rule number 50, dates are like $100 bills. It's not smart to throw good ones after bad. And at some point in the, in the dating process, when you've gone out with somebody a couple of times, especially after you've done this for a little while, you have a sense that, you know, 
this relationship isn't going to go anywhere. And I got much better as time went on, um, just being open and honest and kind about it, but just saying to to a woman, you know, I'm not feeling this. You're a wonderful person, but I don't think I don't think we're destined to be together, you know. So let's just part friends here and, and move on. And so it's the same idea, of, you know, throwing hundred dollar bills into a bad stock, you know. At some mm-hmm. point, you might just need to, to sell and walk away. Right. Any other rules you'd like to tell us about? Um, yeah, babe magnet rule number 28. Sometimes it's not what you say to a babe. It's the fact that you had the guts to say anything at all. Um, part of this goes back to that um, babe magnet rule number 14 about being confident um, because really – it takes a lot of guts to go up and talk to somebody that you don't know. So the fact that you might have walked across a crowded room in order to get to a woman to say hello uh, means that for every step you take, you get points, you know. And you don't have to be the most uh, witty person in the world. Sometimes all you got to do is say hi, introduce yourself, and strike up a conversation about something that's going on in the room. Um, if you'll do that, guys... Um, you get points for that. <clears throat> and ladies, if you're not giving the guy points for that, you should because it's really hard to do that. You, you know, you really have to be feeling pretty good about yourself knowing that it's possible that you're walking across the room just to kind of get the cold shoulder and be rejected. Um, so that's something that i found to, to be true in, in my dating life. Um, I also like Babe Magnet Rule number 64. Uh, the chemistry of attraction happens in person, and it usually happens quickly. So when it does, pay attention to it. You know, you can, uh, in, in the online dating world, you can see people's profiles, and you can kind of, you know, chat back and forth via emails and, and little messages. And you might think that you've got the beginning of a, of a great relationship, but there's something magical about actually meeting the person and if the magic's there, it's really obvious and it happens quickly. But if, if it's not there, you, you also feel that very quickly. So um, I found it very, very helpful to realize when I was online dating that at some point, and at some point relatively quickly after, you know, a little um, bit of an a online relationship and a telephone relationship had started, uh, I wanted to meet that person because I wanted to know if there was going to be a spark there in person. I see. There are also some really funny babe magnet rules like number 72. What's that one? <laughs> number 72, sometimes babe magnets clean toilets, especially if it will impress a babe. All right, so anybody who's dated knows that at some point in, in a, a budding relationship, you know, you're going to go from meeting somebody at the restaurant or at the park or at the, you know, the movie theater or wherever you know, the, the date is going to take place. Uh, at some point, you're going to graduate to inviting that person over to, to your house. And one of the things I learned as a, a single man in the, in the 21st century is that men get points for cooking meals for women, um, something that women love. Women love to be treasured and, and, and you know, valued and, and made to feel like ladies. And if you go to all the trouble of cooking a dinner, 
you know, you're going to you're going to really impress her and and again, um it's not so much how great the food is, it's the fact that you you took the time and the trouble and and you you took the effort to really impress her and and try to show her a good time. Okay, so so you got somebody coming over, you've got a woman coming over uh for the first time, but don't forget that one of the things she's going to be doing is looking at how you live. You know, what does your place look like? How clean is it? Um, so, I decided that at some point when I was having, you know, somebody was on her way over to my my house, I realized, you know, if I don't clean the toilet, <laughs> I'm going to blow this whole thing. It's like it's going to ruin the whole the whole ambiance of the evening. So, you know, I paid it I paid attention to the meal and I cooked a nice dinner, but I also went in and I cleaned the bathroom before she got there because I wasn't going to have that ruin an otherwise great presentation, you know. So, <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about toilets and dating at the same time, but, you know, hey, That's there true. is some women do look there. around and see what what's going on. Well, see exactly, exactly. And and I've never had a woman tell me that that wasn't true. You know, I think, and I think men do for the the most part too. I mean, we don't pay as, as much attention to those kind of details as women do, but you know, guys, women are looking at the whole package, so they don't they don't want you to be a slob. And even if you are a slob, put your put your best cleaning foot forward and um, and, and try to have your place looking nice. Some of your big magnet rules sound quite old fashioned. Why is that? Well, it's because that even though we're living in the 21st century, dating is probably the most old-fashioned thing that any of us do. I think dating is, is based upon, you know, DNA coding and thousands of years of social behavior. And it turns out that in dating, the man is usually the leader. He's usually initiating the contact, and he's usually the one that makes the calls. He's usually the one that pays for the, the certainly the first dates. And he's the guy who's supposed to move in for the first kiss because it's more magical when he does it as opposed to when she does it. Um, so when it r- comes right down to it, the vast majority of men and women like it when the dating relationship in that whole early dating phase is is sort of retro. You know, the man really is in the leader's role. It's like dancing. Um, when I took dancing lessons when I was single, they call the men leaders and they call the men followers. So, you know, that's a very old-fashioned way to think about a, a male-female relationship. But when when you're learning dance steps, somebody does have to be the one out of the two of you to initiate the moves. It just right. works better that way. You know, it really does. It's old-fashioned and it, and it works better that way. So, the man is a, in dancing. The man's the leader, and the woman's the follower. And in dating, it works pretty much the same way, especially during the early phases. And if men just kind of think of themselves as like in in the dance partner um, relationship as the leaders, and if they do the same sort of thing in the dating relationship, things just tend to go better for the vast majority of people. And I didn't realize that until um, actually experiencing it. And I'm really glad I took dancing lessons while I was single as a way to, you know, kind of get myself out of the house and 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 meet people because that really kind of 
it, it just kind of put it in a framework where it clicked for me and I understood it. It's like, oh, okay, that's the way this whole dating thing works. And even though we're in the 21st century, it still works that way. Wow. That's true, it does. What's the woman's role in dating? Well, the woman is the prize. She is the queen. She is the the uh, the prize that's worth winning. So in modern life, when women are so equal in so many uh, ways with men in terms of, you know, they're working, they've got their own cars, their own jobs, their own salaries, um, sometimes it's hard for the woman to let the man take the lead. Um, and that's, that's the one or one of the few areas in modern life where the women have to kind of just back off a little bit. And even if the guy's going too slow, um, you know, help him along, but don't take the lead and don't get yourself in the driver's seat. That's sort of a, um, that's a masculine role. And in, like we were saying, in that old-fashioned dating relationship, you know, the woman has got to think of herself as the babe who is the prize, and it's his job to treat her like a lady so that she can um, really become the object of his desire and, and, and in effect, be the, the, the prize that he's trying so desperately to win. So in some ways, ladies, you you don't want to make it too easy on him. Don't make it hard, but don't make it too easy. Wow. In your book, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, you went out on a lot of dates. Actually, how many dates did you go out on, and which were the most (laughs) memorable? I I went out on on a lot of dates because, um, not because... I had to, but I think it was just because I was a slow learner, you know. There was a lot of stuff for me to learn. So my my description of how many dates I went out on, although it's not 100% true, it's not physically possible, but it seems like I went out on 1.7 million dates because I just, wow. you know, I went out on a lot of first dates that just didn't go anywhere. Um, and as I got better at it, um, I could I could tell very quickly, you know, which which um, first dates were going to turn into second and third dates. Um, but there were, certain, in, in all of those dates, there were some that were, you know, magical and wonderful. There were some that were complete duds. And there were some that were just kind of weird and, and funny. Um, I went out on a dinner date with a woman um, who was a yoga instructor. So I called her the yoga babe. And it was probably the most bizarre date I had ever been on because it felt like I was on a job interview. And anybody who's been on a first date knows that sometimes they can kind of fall into that job interview kind of feeling where you just kind of ask each other questions. But the yoga babe was probably the most beautiful woman I had ever dated. Um, And she invited me over to her house for dinner, and her daughter was going to be there. And it didn't take me very long to figure out that it really wasn't a date between me and her, I was on a job interview to see if I was stepfather material for her daughter. And wow. that's just that's just the wrong way to do a, a, an early date. You know, you, the, the, the man and the woman have got to, to connect and bond first, and then you bring kids into it. So, um, and that was the first time I had I'd been through that um, 
feeling like, wow, she doesn't even care about me. She just wants to see what kind of a dad I am. So that was that was weird. Um, my favorite weird date was I, w- I met a woman in a dancing class, and we kind of hit it off, and I asked her out to dinner. So we went out to a nice restaurant, and she kept asking me if I was happy with my phone service provider. Um, then a couple minutes later, she'd say, how many long-distance calls do you make a month? And all these telephone questions, it was really, it was crazy because I'd never talked about that during a date. I mean, I, was, I just thought that was bizarre. Um, and then I I realized, because she let it slip, that she had just gotten a um, a job selling phone service. And I realized I wasn't on, on, a, on a date at all. I was basically a, a prospect for her new business. And, <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to do was, number one, be sold you know, on a date. And the other thing is, it felt like you know she was part of some phone cult, like you know some Amway phone cult, and I didn't want to have anything to do with that. So I just uh, I ended that that date as quickly as, as I could, in a in a gentlemanly fashion. Who was your favorite date? Well, my favorite date was my last first date. Um, I met my my wife Krista. Um, online, we we were on Match.com, and I had about two weeks left of Match.com service, and I expanded my geographic range outside of my city to the next city. So I I, I connected with Krista, and we went we did the normal thing, you know, you, a couple of emails back and forth, and then you do a couple of phone calls, and when, then we finally met. And when I met Krista for our first date. It was so wonderful because I had been on so many dates. I knew a good one from a bad one right away. And we just had a connection instantly. Um, There was a chemistry there. We could both feel it. We were just having a great time. And out of all the 1.7 million dates that I went on, that was the best one. I will always remember the first date with Krista because that was the beginning of a – wonderful love relationship and we got married two and a half years ago so i couldn't be happier and that's Dad, how why long ultimately you, how long I'm were sorry, you what? single before you met I, her i was single for uh three years before i three and a half years before i met her well i'm glad you found the right the right one clearly yeah. your book was written from a male's perspective do women find it uh offensive well, I'm I'm sure there are some things about uh, revealing what a man really thinks about uh, that could be offensive to women. But one of my favorite things after the book was published was to go on Amazon.com and, and click on my own book, Confessions of a Middle-Aged Bay Bangnet, and scroll down and read the reviews. And I've got as many or more great reviews from women as from men. And I just think that's that's awesome. And I realized... After that, I realized women are are digging this book just because they've always wanted to know what what a man's thinking, and now they they really know because I I tell it all. Yeah, I think that would be a good thing for women because then they'd know clearly uh, what they should be doing, you know, and learn. I mean, if they want to really find someone uh, to understand some of the things that maybe turn men off. Are you were you surprised that women liked your book? 
I was totally surprised because honestly, Robbie, when I was writing this book, I was, first of all, I was doing it for myself. I was doing it for my own enjoyment. Then when I realized this is turning into a book, this is going to be great, I thought my audience was going to be 100% male. I didn't realize at the time that women were going to like it. And so that's been a delightful surprise. So can any man become a big magnet and win the women of his dreams? Absolutely. You're talking to to the living proof of that. Because honestly, if you read the book, I start out as a dweeb and I end up as a, as a babe magnet, and now I'm talking about this on the radio and stuff. Um, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You just have to work at it a little bit. You have to pay attention, and you, you might have to learn a couple of things about yourself and about women, but it's totally doable. Well, Chad, we're getting to the end, and I want people are going to want to know where they can get your book. So where is Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Mab available, and how can they reach you? Well, go to Amazon.com and just search for Middle-Aged Babe Magnet, and it will be the first thing that pops up. And the book's available as a paperback and also as a an e-book for your Kindle or whatever. Um, you can go to your bookstore, and if they don't have it, they can order it for you. Confessions of a Middle-Aged Babe Magnet by Chad Stone. And go also to middleagedbabemagnet.com. Um, you can click on the link to my Facebook page. You can click on the link to buy the book, and there's some, some great stuff there. The best of the well, Babe ch- Magnet rules are posted. Well, I've learned some things. I've been single 30 years. You have? Well, maybe you need yeah. to read my book. And, uh, and we'll, I'm going to we'll... have to get that book and find out. first. But anyway, we'll I've coach just, each other. Yeah, I've totally enjoyed uh, having you on the show. And um, I am going to get the book because I can tell a lot of people they need to read it after I read it. So well, I wish I you, you the best. And thanks again for being a guest on Diva Strategies for Success. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.